You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolize Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 109 of Two Goals, One Mike. I'm Johnny Cullen. On set at the rink here, Dwayne. Uh, you got your home studio. I'm playing on the road. Uh, it's been a minute, but it's good to be back on the air. How are you, my friend? Uh, not too bad, buddy. Uh, back off, back off the mic just a little bit, just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's been a minute since we've been on Sabres on a West coast trip, uh, starting off the season four and one. Um, you know, I, I, I was hoping to come out of this West coast trip 500. Um, I think in the first 10 games of the season, I had them going five and, uh, I think it was, uh, five, three, and one or five, three, and two or something like that. I think I, yeah, five, three, and two in the first uh, 10 games of the season. So, I mean, they're on their way to surpass that expectation right now. And a lot to talk about, dude, the goaltending has been phenomenal. The blue line outside of the injuries we've just recently dealt with to Samuelson. We get Labushkin back tonight against Seattle. Uh, Any word on how long Samuelson's out? What are they saying? Lower uh, body? It's a lower body. Um, I think it was that knee. Uh, how we got yeah. caught up on the boards there. That looked, that looked Didn't painful. look good. Did not yeah. Look good. We, as goalies, me, me and you, we've dealt with that before. So, uh, You're talking to the knee expert. I've had five surgeries. I just, I, I, I hope the best for my, I was just curious if they had come out, if Granado had specified if it was like a grade two MCL or if, if you know, if that's came out. Uh, I can look that up right now, bud. No big deal. Um, but hey, I'm with you. I did not. I had the Sabres off to a hot start looking at their schedule, but I didn't have them taking the first six out of six on the road on this road trip. You know what I mean? Going against a good Calgary team, yeah. right? Going in to face McDavid after he lit it up. Steve, how are you, babe? Doing all right. Just got home from work. How are you guys? Good. I'm just hammering it out at the rink. I got to go back on the ice here in an hour and a half, but just chilling out in the little courtyard thing. Talking uh, Sabres hot start on the West Coast swing. Um, but yeah, we were, we want to know, did you know what, uh, Samuelson's injury is? Have you heard the specif specification? Um, they, I don't think they've given anything specific, but, uh, a lot of the reports have just said like he avoided the worst, which given yeah. that it was a knee injury, it was probably either like the worst would have been like an ACL MCL yeah. thing. Uh, or a meniscus, so, a really bad meniscus surgery, yeah, exactly. right? So it's like no one said for sure, but it sounds like it's going to be a sprain. But even that, that's still several weeks. But that's still, not, yeah, it's week to week, right? Like if it's grade not, two MCL, it's like two to four. If it's grade two or one, like you're looking at five to seven, right? So, but at least no surgery as, as, as it yeah. appears right now. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, yeah. Um, so, you know. Well, hey, right off the hop, I, 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 I don't know if you guys listened to this week's spin chicklets, but the um, Biz threw some heat at uh, Kevin Adams' way. I like the the Samuelson deal. 
I just wanted to get your thoughts up front. I think we're making an investment. Listen, I, listen, go ahead. The Samuelson deal, I love it. That just goes to show he's not paying enough attention, and I'll call him out on it. Like, yeah. You're not paying Fuck enough you, attention bitch. You're wrong. Buffalo, but then, bud, because Samuelson, that is, that is a low-risk, high-reward. Because even if you get – so say you get the same, season, the same Samuelson this year as you got last year. That's still a good investment because I still think that player is worth four million. Like I just, when the cap goes up, Dwayne, in the next three years, when it gets up to 84, 85, 86, 87, now we're looking back on this deal as a fucking steal. You're you have a top four above average top four defenseman that's playing with playing well with either Darlene or Power. And he, he's he's a bull. He's 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 physical, he moves well. I don't know. Steve, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think it you know. As much as it is about the player, and obviously he plays his role incredibly well, I think it's more just uh, having that backstop insurance because it seems like they're rolling out like a good cop, bad cop situation where one one of the defensemen is obviously going to be going down there wheeling and dealing, you know, filthy dangles, slick mitts, all that good stuff. And that's obviously Darlene and Power. And Samuelson is complimenting Darlene's play so effortlessly that, it's knowing, that beautiful. Yeah, knowing that Darlene is like, you know, a, a – you know, the primary fixture of this blue line for the next decade, at least, uh, locking down the perfect complement to his play style at, you know, four million for the next seven years, which again, as the cap rises, it's going to feel like. I feel great about it. And yeah, I mean, it's it's another one of those investments, uh, buying low to sell high one day, you know, I mean, they did the same thing with Tage, you know, if they waited till this coming summer and Tage does it a second year, you're looking at nine million easy. But, easy, you know, easy. Maybe even know. more with the way it's rising. Now, one thing I want to say to you guys, you look back at the career of 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 you know Scott Stevens, of of Scott Niedermeyers, of all these great players, and they all had one thing in common. They all had a great partner, right? And that could move them the puck, that could give them that, like you talked about, Stephen Dwayne, that insurance blanket to be able to get up in the play. Right. Knowing that that guy's got your back. Um, uh, but I'd be remiss if I didn't say a couple of clicks for Darlene setting a record, you know, a, a goal in each game here to start. What's he up to now? Five, Steve. Yeah. Uh, five goals. NHL five player games. of the week. Not but, a big yeah, deal. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he set the record himself and then he broke the record himself. And uh, he could he could uh, keep it going to six tonight if you wanted. Uh, I believe I would I, love to see it. Yeah, no, I believe I saw a report that Grubauer is on the injured reserve list. So they're starting goaltenders, Martin Jones, who uh, and, and even Grubauer wasn't great to start the year, guys. You got to remember, this is a guy I played against, so I have a, a rooted in investment in cheering against him. He struggled last year. And, and I think some of that is going from a great Colorado team. And you see Darcy Kemper fills in for him, gets a fucking cup ring, right? Now he's a hot commodity. Darcy Kemper just made himself two, three more million a year. And I know Seattle threw a ton of money at Grubauer and, and, you know, made him a centerpiece. But he's a big story to that group. Has it come out yet, the starters? Um, I don't think it's come out. Uh, I believe on our end, I think we're giving Comrie the nod tonight. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like uh, Martin Jones is probably the choice for tonight. Uh, it's interesting to see him in Seattle after all these years, right? What was that team he made at San Jose when he was yeah, young? He was, Remember, it's the second year in the the league. He took him on the run with Jumbo Joe and Pavelski. That was the year. Um, was that Boston or who did they lose to in the finals? Washington. I might have been I, Pittsburgh. Might have been Pittsburgh. I think it was Sid second cup. Or is third my, cop. I mean, I gotta. Is my mic coming in better now? Is yeah, yeah. Mic? You're loud and clear here, Dwayne. Okay, good. 
Um, no, um, I think that's you're you're 100 on. And Dwayne, to you, just Darlene. You know, we gave him a couple clicks. Your thoughts on his incredible start to the year? Um, we're seeing the greatness that 26 is, right? I'm not going to sit here and say that I fully expected Rasmus Darlene to have five goals in the first five games. I don't think if anybody said they'd expected that, they're lying. But I will say I'm not surprised because you know. His start to his career, I've said this for the last two years when people, these idiots on social media say, trade Darlene, he's a bust. That's the fucking most crazy thing I've ever heard in my life. It's like, hey, did you not watch Victor Hedman's develop, development? He also was sweet. Like, but Victor Hedman had the best coach in hockey. I, I got the chance to play for John Cooper for USA. This guy is a savant. And I've already, you hear people comparing him to Bowman. And for good reason, that's who Hedman had, Dwayne. Look who fucking Darlene had. Name them off. Fucking Kruger. Who else? Darlene had Kruger. He had uh, – did he have Bilesma, Steve? Yeah, he did in the beginning. Kruger. um, I believe this is his third head coach, right? So I I just mean the stability. He had Housley. He had Housley. Housley, but just – Fourth head coach. Right. So for him, I think that's a huge part of it, playing under Donnie's system. Um, And – Speaking of the devil, um, of how are we, brother? Mustad Duster Bowman. looks good. Bowman, Bowman Cup alumni here, Donnie. Donnie Fraunhofer. I, I apologize if I put your last name, bud. No, no, but. no, that, no. You said it right. That was right, and uh, it's good to be here, fellas. That was good to be back. It's been a long, long time. So. Donnie, what year did you play in the Bowman Cup? I got to play, I think it was the 2006, I think it was like the second or third year they did it. I just remember it because Rob Ray punched me right in my cage in the tunnel because I told him he was an asshole. Dwayne, you remember uh, when we brought that up? Yep, yep. Uh, I did it in 09. So, so, that was a so did you play for the Buffalo or Rochester team? Uh, what was that? Did you play for Buffalo or Rochester? Jinx. I think he's having some audio difficulties. No, no big deal. Well, it's good to be joined by Donnie. Back to where we were at. Um, looking ahead to tonight, I mean, who do you, who do you pair with with Darlene? What do you if you're Donnie? Do you... I'll back in a minute. I have an issue here. All good. My my question to you guys: Looking into tonight, do you roll do you roll five defensemen like Granado did at the end of that game with Samuelson out? What what are you guys doing if you're him? Lawrence Pilot is there. Yeah, um, per- I think yeah. they had. They had Labushkin paired with Darlene. Yeah. I'm almost positive. Yeah, I've got I like that. I I like that idea. I think it's, you know, he was playing well with power when he was with power. So, like, let's see how well he compliments Rasmus Darlene. I think um, adding a bruising, you know, hard-hitting, gritty defenseman to play on the opposite side of Darlene, that's not a bad bad idea. Not bad at all. And Darlene's had himself a little bit of a mean streak, too. We all saw him snow Norris. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I love that shit. That gets me six to midnight in a hurry. It's just that shows that that's your leader. That's your your one of your best players, your foundational pieces. Him being a son of a bitch on the ice, just being a prick to play against. On top of being world class, fucking guy just set an NHL record, and he's snowing guys in the corner. Like I love that shit. Yeah, who wouldn't? Um, and then not to mention that we're, you got office out of the Darlene. Look how great Alex Tuck's playing. Like, what I wouldn't guess that if you were to guess who the leading scorer of this team would be uh, five games in, you would have probably said Tage Thompson, not Alex Tuck. Uh, and he's second in the league in goals right now, I think, behind who is it? 
Do we know offhand? Is it Kachuk, maybe? Yeah, it might be. I, I know he's been the benefactor of some empty netters. He's but he, Dwayne, I just feel like Tuck has uh, not only had great line line mate play, but he's just put himself in the dirty area. He's been great in front. He's won a ton of battles. He's been great defensively and really driven that line, winning neutral zone puck battles to give that line a ton of chances. It's been fun to watch. Hundred percent. I uh, like like I said. I think I think being given the opportunity here in Buffalo that he never really got in Vegas, at least in a top six role. I think, and and you're pairing that with just the overall intensity and passion for putting that sweater on, because you can't. You you're can't looking at your future captain or your one of your future ca assistant captain. He's in that leadership core, no doubt about it. But but here's the thing: I think that you pair that with because you can't sit here and tell me that Alex Tuck is going to play with the same intensity as he is now as he did with Vegas. I'm not, and that's nothing against his character, but you like. When, when you're a hometown boy and you put that jersey on, it, everything just goes up a notch because it's like these my team. These are the guys I loved. When I was in my driveway growing up, I would pretended I was Briere. Like, you know, now, now, now I'm wearing the same jersey as he did. Well, it goes back to that 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 press conference of him coming in and, and all of his sound bites since then. Every post-game interview. It's not just that he's saying the right cliche answer. Everything that comes out of his mouth and, and it echoes with his play is, I want this guy on my team. If I'm going to war every night, that's a guy I want going in, in the trenches with me. And the fact that we have him as a core of this team, this trade with Eichel is looking better and better. And I don't care. I'll throw that out there and say it. I think Kevin Adams fucking knocked that deal out of the park. I know Eichel's still coming back. I don't care if he has 30 goals. I just think the reset that they pulled off with the culture in the locker room and guys like uh, Gregor or Gergensen's and Akposo, not only, you know, they, they are basically those two, especially they're training the guys that are going to be taking their jobs over the next year or two. Right. And to see them do it so gracefully, Akposo, especially with that letter he wrote at the end of the year to see them know that and know that these guys are going to take their job when their contracts up and still go to war and build something special to me as a Sabres fan, I feel something I haven't felt in a long time. Yep. Donnie, how do you, how, you know, having you chime in here, um, you know, obviously you haven't been on the show with us before. So just a forewarn you, Cully just loves to talk. Sometimes he'll talk over you. Just got to get used to it. Um, it happens, bro. It's a podcast. This, you're supposed to talk. Yeah. yeah. With this season, though, um, obviously you being not just a hockey guy, but a Sabres guy, a Sabres fan, you know, did you expect this hot of a start? And, you know, outside of Darlene, who I, I'm, me personally, I'm not that surprised. Who has surprised you the most with their play so far? Um, well, first, first expecting this, in this, I, I did not, um, and talking to a lot of people, people, I think people are still, are a little hesitant to get on the train because we've seen, you know, 10, 10 wins before, you know, crash and burn, burn playoffs after that. But for me, the team looks different solely because I've been looking for, for, for years out of them is, is play. They are playing much more physical. They don't look like a team that is going going to get pushed around. Like I had seen in the in the past, which is interesting because they're younger than they were. You know, youngest average age in the in the NHL, and it's even boosted up a couple points solely because of Anderson. You know, <laughs> we're having a little bit of trouble with your mic, but you make a great point for being a young group. 
they don't they're not playing like it donnie's got them playing fast and physical how about the starts we've gotten off to right like and i know like darlene's helped in that department you're getting some goals from your back end but we have some guys that are playing really well and your jeff skinners and 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 your other guys that haven't really even registered yet, right? And but they're still playing. They're going to get their goals. We're talking a small sample size, but you make a great point, Donnie, in that they're coming out and and I just like the brand of hockey they're playing. I don't mean to use that cliche, guys, but Steve and Dwayne, you guys see it too, right? Like like Donnie said, they're 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 fun to watch, and I would love to be a fly on the wall in that room because they just seem like a really tight knit group, right? Mm-hmm. So Donnie, back to your point, I think you make a great case in in that. Granado and Kevin Adams have assembled this young core, like you mentioned, um, the the youngest average age or second youngest average age, but they're not playing like that. Um, just your guys' thoughts on, you know, carry every line, carrying the ship. And, and you know, let's not forget, guys, we've gotten goaltending. And I hate to, to use that cliche too, but Comrie's done his job. Anderson's done his job. In years past, we haven't got that above average or that, that save. You guys remember the end of the Edmonton game? Like those saves at the end, right? Like... I feel like that's a big staple win for your team to allow you to start out that West Coast Roach during on, on a good note. And I, I feel like that's goaltending we might not have gotten in years past. And I'm not blaming it on the goalies, trust me. I just think it's nice to have that. Your guys' thoughts? I mean, you can blame it a little bit on Carter Hutton. Just <laughs> I'm sorry. Feel it, Enron. Just a, just a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, there, there is sometimes there is just a teeny tiny bit of blame that you can place on the goaltender, but obviously, what was, what was Darlene's quote, Steve? Wasn't it? Where's he been uh, all my life? Yeah. Where, oh, Comrie. Where's he been all my life? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Eric Comrie is just an absolute stud and I've made the, I've made the tweet through the, where the Buffalo Rome account. And I'll guess I'll reiterate that Matt Murray passing on Buffalo and refusing to come here was the best thing that happened. Oh to my God. Time. Thank the Lord. Yeah. yeah, seriously. I mean, he's already injured, and again, I, 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 I just thought it was it just forced us to look at other options, and I think that the just betting on untapped potential rather than hoping a guy who's had a downswing can pick it back up, like, you know, it's it's at this point it sounds like Cobbery's just you know, like Anderson's like night tonight. He's like, yeah, I could do it tonight, or he's like, eh, we'll let the young kid do it. And, and he, you know, he's, he's earned that, you know, like he's got that cred that like he can kind of call his shot. So he he kind of dictates his schedule and any night that he's not feeling it, give yeah. it to Comrie. And it's we can, almost, so far we can trust him. It, it's Dwayne, just, to it's you, Dwayne, I have a quick question on that. As a goalie, when you're a young guy that kind of got stuck behind Connor Hellebach in Winnipeg, right? Never truly got your chance. He gets here to Buffalo. What's going through Comrie's mind? Um, I, for me, it's just like, it's time to put up or shut up. Right. You had a decent year as a backup, uh, last season. Again, you didn't get a lot of playing time because it is Connor, Connor Hellebuck, but at the same time, like it, again, it's put up or shut up. You have an opportunity here to be a legitimate one a, and I mean that in the same time, I mean, I guess it depends like me as a goaltender, granted, I didn't play as high of a level as you, Johnny, but I was a, I was more of a gamer. I showed up, I still show up for the big games, even if it's beer league. Like, uh, but, and I think we see that on a common win. And I'll still, I'll still play on my head, but like, um, you know, some, some goaltenders are built for that. And some goaltenders, you know, cave under pressure. And I, uh, it looks like so far, especially with that quote 
um, in preseason, how he requested those those certain games where the uh, the, the expected starters for the season weren't going to be playing because he wanted to face more odd man rushes. I love hearing that because it's like yeah. you're willing, you're willing, you're willing to make yourself look bad, not look bad. I guess look bad. Well, put yourself in a in a high pressure situation, yeah, high right? Pressure situation because you want to face you you want to face those types of shots and that and be under that kind of type of pressure. Um, I love that. You know, I love hearing that. So when people were complaining about Eric Comrie in the preseason, it's like, guys, stop. Like, just yeah. stop. Like, it's preseason, guys. I, I can't trust this enough. And in preseason for me, and, and you can ask any pro goalie or any, any, any goalie, if you're playing like a 68 to an 82 game schedule, preseason is time for you to get that rust off, get that mental, whatever you want to call it, the fog, get into your, your zone. And I think we've seen Comrie come out hot. I think he's finished games and just his demeanor from, from post game interviews to Dwayne, like you brought it up. Um, just his calmness, just this ability of I'm, I'm ready, bring it on. I'm here to be the guy throw it at me and he's had such a calming presence and and steve like you said i come back to darlene's quote where has he been all my life like that's your your generational defenseman saying that and and we haven't heard anything like that before I, i'm just happy to see him get the opportunity here's the question though guys and donnie i'll throw it to you can eric Comrie and and the sabers defense sustain this especially in this early adversity with samuelson coming out of your top four for five to seven weeks right yeah, I mean this the Samuelson loss, that's that's huge. I think tonight we're gonna, you know, well when they play against the Kraken who have a pretty good offense, that question will be answered. I will say I think it Comrie's level of play is sustainable only because and if this continues, um Anderson shows up on his off nights and we can rely on him as a backup where we don't have to pinch Comrie and play him too much. We saw against Vancouver, you know, that between them and the Kraken might have been two of the the weakest opponents were playing on this West Coast trip. And uh, we put in Anderson and he got, you know, a second period where he was tested plenty and he he answered the call. So Yeah, he had down the four in that flurry. Great point. He, he, yeah, Anderson is. We've seen the past can be inconsistent, touch and go. He's older. We don't know how much how, how much longer he'll really be with the Sabers. Um, but I think if he can be a viable backup to give Comrie rest when he needs it, you know, we can get it done. Samuelson hurts. You know, I'm interested to see who's going to fill that top spot with Darlene now, though. That's kind of where I'm. I'm looking forward to is. Um, you know the the last pairing uh, with uh, who what was it Labushkin Steve that they did at the end of the when when Samuelson got hurt? Yeah, um, well, at least uh, according uh, yeah according to Lance like Lizowski's, uh practice tweet, the pairings were Darlene Labushkin, Power Bryson, and then the third pairing is Pilot Fitzgerald. So you're right, Donnie. It's going to come down to see how how do we respond. And guys, I don't think this is a bad thing. When you look at all great teams, they face adversity early in the season. And Dwayne, I know we go back to that cliche, but like, let's see how they respond. And and you guys all brought up a good point. Now let me throw one thing at all of you. And Craig Anderson, I think you have a guy that's that understands his role. And he was ready to come in and be the guy, but he's also the type of guy that's okay with helping Comrie along and, and being that 1B guy. I think out of you, all the goalies in the league, everybody wants to play. And I'm not saying Craig Anderson doesn't, but I think he's the perfect guy for Eric Comrie right now. Dwayne? 
as a goalie, what do you think? I, I, 100%. He's a guy that can be depended on. Like Donnie, going back to what Don, excuse me, Donnie said, um, we haven't had that type of reliability in the back goaltending position for a while. So we, I feel like we, it's almost a perfect storm of that 1A, 1B, right? Like, um, you know, like most of the time out of your backup goalie, I, what would you say you would want if they were playing 10 games, you'd want six, seven wins, right? That's what you would want your back. Well, let me stop you. Mike McKenna, the career, he was a career backup. He had a great article. If anybody hasn't caught it, he had a, he tweeted it out earlier today on daily Faceoff, and, and he was a career backup goalie, Dwayne. And, and he mentioned right, that, that stat that you're kind of referring to the back to back starts, how that guy gets that, those tougher games. Right. And it's really fascinating. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but if you have fans, if you haven't check it out, daily Faceoff, Mike McKenna on his tweet from today, go ahead, Dwayne. Sorry. You also forget the uh, friend of the program for our first big guest. Yeah. Was always when Mike. He was a uh, great. He was a great guest. Yep, yep. We had him on right after he uh, decided to hang up his skates. Um, but yeah, so um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like it, it, that, is, that is a tough situation to be put in. But with that being said, um, Anderson has shown throughout his career, just as a starter, that he can handle the, like handle those like those back to back situations. And now he's showing here as a backup or a one B that he can handle uh, being put in the, put in that spot where maybe he's starting once every four games or once every three games, you know, it's, we started the season with Craig Anderson and not against uh, Otto with the win. They went to Comrie. Uh, and then you had the next back to backs with not back to back nights, but back to back games uh, went to Comrie and then you went back to Anderson. So, for me, um, I think this is the perfect storm in terms of goaltending, uh, a goaltending pairing. I, I think that I, I agree is that he's the perfect one B for this situation. I think it's just it's presence in the locker room. And, and I think that like Steven and Donnie, I want your guys thoughts on this. Like Craig Anderson just seems to me like a guy that he's battling in practice. He, he's, he's great in the room. He's respected as part of that leadership core. And, and not to say that he's not okay with not playing every night. I think this is like, that's the guy you would want mentoring a guy like Comrie coming in or a guy like Levi. I just think he's like the perfect mentor. You know what I'm trying to get at Steve? Great bridge. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this he's a I mean, obviously due to his age, he's had a long career, but I mean That's a testament to his work ethic though, right? Yeah, no, I mean in his career he was a gamer. He was in there. Like he Do you remember that like, playoff series he had for, back in with Montreal? Yeah, for so long. He's been you know, he's been the guy on so many different teams. I mean, especially his like, you know, tenure in Ottawa, of course. Oh, he dude, he was lights yeah. out in those two years. That, yeah, year, that, so. that year, his wife was dealing with cancer. Right. The whole team rallied around it, and he played unbelievably. And that was the, one of the only times you'd ever see me be an Ottawa Senators fan. But I remember even on Twitter constantly, like, hashtagging his wife's name, you know, win for Nicole, win for Nicole. And a couple clicks for Nicole, just being a cancer survivor and this being, you know, breast cancer and cancer survivor month, we're seeing it across all the sports. But to battle that adversity, for her to be healthy now, he's gone through bumps and, and hurdles. He's, he's you know, they've brought in other guys. He's faced it all. And I just think he is the perfect guy, whether it's Eric Comrie right now, and I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself with Levi or Portillo or UPL. I just think in, in that locker room, you can couldn't ask for a better, you know, one B guy for right now. That's still going to push 
Comrie for starts and and guys when's the last time the Sabres have had that goaltending when's the last time you can honestly look at yourself in the mirror and say the Sabres who never whatever whether it was Hutton or whether it was you know that no matter who we put in we were going to have great goaltending when's Ryan the last Miller. time guys Ryan Miller. Yeah. seriously that's how far you gotta go back that's eight years Ryan Miller on. yeah that's that's eight Ryan years Miller, right before that Hashik before that I mean, we were spoiled before that. The Miller to Hashik and in the Grand Fear and the Barrasso and the Poopa. You can go back through it, Steve Shields. We were very spoiled at goaltending. And I think part of this drought has just been the ability to not have two guys in there that can fucking lock it down when you need to. Like Comrie did at the end of, of the Edmonton game in, in Calgary and, and Anderson in that second period. You need those guys that are going to make those timely saves. Donnie, you touched on it with Anderson in that second period he got. And and I think, guys, that could be the difference between this team maybe being, you know, 4-1, and 5-1 and one versus 1-4, one 1-5, and four, one and five, which we've seen how many times throughout the years, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and I so think how do they sustain this? Uh, well, I think it goes both ways, you know, like I, I remember, um, you know, with Anderson, like like we touched on, he's not with his age, he's not going to be the star, starter and be able to pound as much games as a 27-year-old like Comrie can. But what he can do is, yeah, fill these gaps. And if worst case scenario, an injury happens, you still have someone reliable back there. And um I think something, and Dwayne, you you know, as a goaltender, you'd know this more than anyone, is um, we talk about mentorship. So much of that isn't, you know, by the time you get to the NHL, a lot of this is, is, isn't technique. Maybe it's small technique, you know, little changes, but a lot of it's mental toughness. And there's no oh, yeah. mentally taxing position other than goaltending. And, and maybe not just hockey, but maybe all of professional sports, you know, similar to like kicking in the NFL, you have these high or pitching as, as being a pitcher as a baseball, right? Like yeah. it's, it's a mental, you, you can't be a mental midget as a goaltender and, and they're both, they're in that groove. Right. And when you have both guys kicking like that, Donnie, it's, you're tough to beat. Yeah. And Craig Anderson, long career. Uh, so quick, Clearly, he's he's got something going right with his headspace where he's been able to keep production up, and I'm I think that's the the biggest thing he can he can bring to Camry is you know just someone to talk to really you know uh, you know because goalie is such an alienating position sometimes. We're on our own I, island, I, we're on an island uh, on our island by ourselves. I've said it on the show multiple multiple times uh, to Cully's point like the two toughest positions in my opinion in all sports where a game can be lost or won just by your play is a goaltender or a pitcher in baseball a goalie could have a bad five minutes in a period and give up three or four goals and put your team in a deep hole um a pitcher could have a bad inning give up eight runs and you put you in a deep hole and you're out there on an island by yourself in both positions. When the t- other team scores on you, you're there. Get you know the right the red light. You know you're, it's giving you a sunburn on the back of your neck. They're celebrating in your face. You know nobody's. You know a player who has a bad shift, they get go back to the bench. Tire can, coach can pump their tires back up. Like I, I remember, I remember going to a USA Hockey goaltending uh, coach coaching clinic, and that was one of the biggest points they made was that. You know, a player can get his tires pumped back up on the bench, but a goalie might look at the bench for reassurance from the coach they might not even get. Um, and I, I really do believe coaches do need to take goalie coaching clinics 
uh, just almost as as a necessity to understand understand the mental side of being a goaltender and what it takes and, and what it and what it does. And, you know, it, 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 it's not it's not like any other position in sports. It really isn't. To sum it up, I think it was Glenn Hall. I could be wrong. Could be Gump Worsley, but one of the old greats. They they said it. No other no other job. Uh, besides pitcher in baseball, where you make a mistake and 18,000 people are cheering. You know what I mean? Like like you said, Dwayne, a defenseman, a forward can make a mistake and, and it might not be as obvious, but every time as a goalie, you go to, hey, when you go to your job and you make a mistake, are 18,000 people booing and cheering, right? Like, I just think that, that quote really brought into perspective. Like I said, don't get mad at me, listeners. If, if it wasn't Gump Worsley, maybe Glenn Hall said it, but you really bring that up. Like if a goalie makes a mistake, everybody in the rink knows, right? Whereas a defenseman, if you get caught on a bad gap or a bad, you know, bad pinch, maybe it can get covered up. And, and I, I, I didn't want to make this show all about goaltending, but I think it had to be brought up. Um, I love your guys' insight. Now I had one other thing I wanted to bring up. You know, we talked about Darlene being really, you know, coming out of his shell and really having a breakout year um you know power is a big part of that because now it, you look at granado and his coaching staff when was the last time the sabers had the ability especially at home to line match two unreal defensive like the d-man pairs right like when you have that ability to throw out power or darlene on a d-zone draw every single shift like that's that's worth something no yeah. absolutely i'll let Don, i'll let donnie take that one first yeah, I mean, again, it goes back to reliability and depth. We talked about it with the goaltending. I think it's the same thing on defense. And I think all, you know, kind of going full circle, talking about how much you like the Eichel trade is, you know, maybe we didn't, uh, you know, get the, the puck Jesus McDavid we're looking for, but, you know, we got more depth. And I think that's something that's more important when you get into February, March, and hopefully the playoffs. Um having another reliable pair. And and two, speaking of Darlene, because we touched on this, but I think it's when we had audio issues. Um, I, I love uh, the pairing with um, uh, who's taking Samuelson's place. I'm sorry. Labushkin. We've seen him bury some guys lately. And I, I think having a that neutral pick, zone hit was fucking sweet. Who was that against boys? Uh, Edmonton. Oilers, yeah. Oilers, yeah. I, that was he, dude. Oh, that gets you going. And having someone like that paired with Darlene, who, like, you know, I've seen him getting chippy behind the play, which I like, but don't want too much of. I don't want him to have a target on his back. You know, he's paired with someone that, you know, if there's a scrum or anything, will maybe get in there, protect Darlene, do stuff like that. And again, you know, talk talking about the power, power in the and filling up the second slot. And uh, who's, who's power paired Jacob with? Jacob Bryson tonight? right now. Bryson right now, yeah. Right. Yeah. Bryson's going to have to step in and play well. You know, or it's next man yeah. up mentality, right? Like you talked about, Dwayne and Steve. I, I am interested in to see that. And, Donnie, that's a great point. Dwayne, do you remember in the offseason, you made a point about the Sabres needing to go out and bring in a guy. I think it was um, not Norris. It was the, he played on Colorado, the defenseman. You know what I'm talking about? Free agent this past summer. Man, you, uh, you made a point. Josh Manson. Yes, Manson. Dwayne made a point about the Sabres trying to go out and, and target somebody, like you mentioned, Donnie, that can, I don't want to say keep Darlene safe, but have that element, that fucking scrappiness, to be able to, like, say, hey, I feel safe with my guy out there because 
Labushkin or Samuelson, whoever is going to have this fucking guy's back. You, let's look at the reality. We're we're going to be playing both Kachuk brothers, Norris, Marshawn, whoever it is. You're always going to have that fucking pest, right? And to have that feeling of I'm going into war with this guy next to me, Labushkin, Samuelson, Powell, whoever it is, I feel fucking good about that. I mean, that's a, that's something to be said. Great point, Donnie. You know, I mean, to be completely fair, I mean, yeah, Labushka definitely adds that element to the game. But I think we've seen a little bit of that standing up for your boys from just about the entire squad. As we like, fucking body. Yeah. yeah. We, just in preseason, we saw Tage get a Gordy Howe trick. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, no, no one had that on and, their bingo card. I'll tell you that much. In like in the one, first yeah. Minutes, yeah. A natural minutes. Gordy Howe trick. That was fucking That's unreal. I mean, Darlene icing somebody was as a result of Norris pulling middle stat to the ground and like causing a penalty. So he's standing up in his own way. Alex Tuck is getting in it with Kachuk uh, as he's stepping to Darlene, like uh, cousins taking out bunting after, uh, you know, after yeah. he gets charged for laying out Matthews, open ice. Like, You're right, Steve. It's everybody throughout the lineup. That's a great point. Man. A few of his call-ups last year, he was getting scrappy. Like, and that's like, and that's what like a lot of like the old heads complain about is that like, yeah, we don't hit as much as we should, but like when push comes to shove, we're not backing away from a fight anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, exactly. I, I didn't need to say it, but thank you for the prop. I fucking love it. But yeah, no, that's yeah, no. I mean that. that that yeah, is great. Like, if anyone knows about like how I felt about the whole surgery thing, I was very pro Eichel. I think any, nobody should be out to like he should have be able to make the decision about his own body. This was totally by accident. His head falling off, and I just oh think, my god, that's fucking! It, it, I thought you did it on purpose to know that no, that happened no, by accident. That's so gutty, though. That's so fucking gutty. It's up there with the Cody Eakin neck turn at the last <laughs> faceoff before oh, Tuck scores the empty net or the. Oh fuck! I'm gonna keep his head oh, on backwards. That's how we're gonna do it. Oh my god! Hey. But you guys brought, I think Steve, you brought it up. Maybe Donnie. Middlestat, like for coming into this year, guys, here's a guy that's had a lot of questions raised about his game over the years. I think he's one of these unsung guys. He's played good minutes with, with, um, I, I blank it on the line right now. I think, what is he with? The uh, Cousins Asplund. and. It's Asplund and Olofsson. Cousins Asplund is actually Olofsson. playing impressive minutes with JJ Paterka. JJ Paterka. Right. I, I'm gonna, dude, I am the JJ Paterka stan account. I am the yeah. biggest JJ Paterka fan. I've been saying it, Dwayne, since we drafted him, since I, that I, World I, Juniors I saw him in. I, I think JJ Paterka is the future. Stephanie lets me talk. I've it's literally much. been uh, standing the shit out of JJ Paterka. And Dave, you'll back me up on this from the offseason. I've literally been standing him since the start because I think, A, he's a better 200-foot <laughs> player than Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn's a great goal scorer once he gets going, once Buffalo gets him going. But in terms of being an, who I think is going to be, you know, I'm not like, I'm not going to say he like Chris Drury. Chris Drury was a great 200 foot hockey player. Patrice Bergeron's an unbelievable 200 foot hockey player. He takes pride in all areas of the ice. That's who I think JJ Paterka is going to be. He's going to be able to score a lot of goal, score a lot of goals. But you know what? He's going to prevent them too because he's going to take pride in playing well in his own end. I'm not saying that Jack Quinn's not that guy or doesn't do that, but it's pretty clear to me at least what each player is good at, is best at. One is great at scoring goals, 
and one is pretty good at scoring goals, but he's also going to prevent a lot of goals from being scored. I think for me, guys, and I'll, I'll shut up after this, Dwayne. Fuck you. When when a guy like Michael Pekka, do you guys know the article I'm referencing? When he came out and and and, and talked about coaching Paterka in Rochester, and when he Michael Pekka, one of your franchise centermen that was so good at exactly what you just talked about, Dwayne, and, and he had that sandpaper grit that you talked about, Steve. When Michael Pekka fucking says that this kid's a unicorn and he hasn't played a fucking game or full season or 10 games in the NHL yet, to me, that's what peaked it for me. I'll let you guys go. I mean, I don't know. I just, I just think when you got a guy like Michael Pekka that's saying this kid is a unicorn, he's something special. For me, he's been everything that I thought he was and more. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Pekka, I, I, he's, uh, you know, speaking of unicorns, at least back in the '90s, was a great example of one that could exactly. like, say he wasn't a goal scorer, but he could score, but he could hit, he could fight, he could kind of do a little bit of it all. He would block shots, and uh, I mean, if that's where we're headed with Paterka, I, I think that's something that that we need, you know, we have a couple guys that I could see, you know, Tage, Tage is a guy that can put up 30 plus, maybe even 40 as he gets older, you know, touch, he's a bit older, but on the light, light uh, line, I think can put up 30. So, you know, uh, goal scores are great, but having a guy that can do it all, particularly kill penalties, you know, that, that's something that, that I think, yeah, I mean, I, I love, I like you said, we've all been looking for more grit out of this team, and it seems like we're finally getting a cast of characters that are playing that way. And yeah. and I think you go back to Paterka's goal. Sorry, Dwayne. You look at the play. It was either Krebs or Tuck right in the neutral zone on the making the chip to him on the breakaway goal where Paterka went five hole. Like you guys said, like just that 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 um, the unity or like that the connection between those young guys. It's been fun to watch up front. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, Paterka being partnered up with Cousins is probably the smartest thing to do because I think Cousins is already doing the things that we're hoping to see Paterka do way more of. Like, I mean, it's worth noting that in all of these recent meetings with uh, Buffalo versus Edmonton, who's the guy taking faceoffs against Connor fucking McDavid? It's Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins, oh. Dylan Cousins line is the one trying to – yeah, in both of those games, both of the ho- like the last game this year, and then like the home game that they played back in November, Connor McDavid did make might have gotten an assist, but he did not score any goals. Yeah, uh, a night where Connor McDavid doesn't score goals is like that's a rarity. Night, yeah, that's like a night where a Buffalonian doesn't think about ordering wings. Just the thought never pops into his head. And going back, usually it's like eh, I probably shouldn't. I should save my money. Going back, but you still think about it. comment about comparisons to Mike Peckle at Pekka and the player he was. I think more about Dylan Cousins. That's not a slight against J.J. Paterka, but when you're thinking about everything that Michael Pekka brought to the table, Captain Crunch, you know, um, I think Dylan Cousins, because he does have that physical edge to him that we haven't really seen fully from J.J. Paterka yet. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. But I, I, I think that outside of that, I think I think having two guys that show those attributes on your team is – such such a such a, an advantage to have on your hockey team, especially when both of them are still on entry level deals. Or you know you're going to have them on the cheap here for a while. 
I can't imagine Dylan Cousins, when it's time to pay him, is going to demand anything crazy yet. He hasn't really, outside of, you know, the things that we've seen, you know, culture and leadership-wise on the stat sheet, we haven't really seen him break out yet. Maybe it is this season. But, I mean, I think we're going to have both these guys on the cheap for a while, and that is such an advantage to have, especially in today's NHL where, you know. You have to draft well. Yeah, you have to. And the Buffalo has done that. And uh, Well, Dwayne, Dwayne, when's the last time we've had three drafts in a row where, like, we our first rounders hit and our second rounders have hit and Samuelson and Paterka, right? Like, when's the last time that happened? Breer, Breer and Jury days, right? Yeah, it's well, Breer and Jury weren't Sabres draft picks. Were I know, I know, but that, that core, that lineup yeah, was yeah, built through the Roy, draft. They came up through Rochester together. Derek Roy, Pominville. Yep, uh, yep. Janik. You know all those all those players that you had that you spin again off before before the lockout when the rule changes yep. went into effect and it really when those rule changes went into effect it really uh, you know really you know was on the plus side for Buffalo because the game became more about speed and Buffalo had it had it in droves um, but yeah so you know four and one here to start the season there's so many good things so many more good things and bad things to talk about when it comes to the Buffalo Sabers. And I think the one thing that's really, really, really been integral to bringing this whole thing together has been Don Granado. You know, like his ability to develop, his ability to 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 man the bench and let and and, and really highlight his individual players' best attributes. Like we talk about, we go back to Ralph Kruger, and I hate talking about him, but look at Talene as the perfect example. Like he neutered Talene. Well, it's like Don Granado gave, took the handcuffs off him, right? And you could go down the lineup, and we've talked about this. That's such a huge point, Dwayne. The culture, and I know it's cliche, but you can just feel it when you're, when you're, when you, you know, when Hamilton's interviewing these guys, and when you're watching the Sabres embedded, Kevin Adams and Don Granado. And Granado's like, he's always had that repertoire, but like him making the decision to move Tage back to center and having the, the trust in these guys, right? Like Dwayne, that's, that's like something we haven't seen here in so long. And I think that's a, the biggest point we've made today is the unsung hero behind this is Kevin Adams and Don Granado creating that culture where now Darlene's breaking fucking NHL records, Dwayne. Yeah. And, and um, you're really starting to see the player that you drafted him to be. You know what I mean? The, the player you expected him to be. And I, I mentioned this at the start of the show. Like, it took Victor Edmond four or five seasons to really start to develop into the player that he was meant to be. You know, defensemen are, aren't always exactly going to be um, – aren't always going to be, you know, the quickest players to develop, especially that high up in the draft. You know, Cal McCarr, you know, but Cal McCarr – he was so he's the he's the outlier, I think, in this. He did yeah, it quicker well, than anybody else has. Look at the support group he had around him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he had a team that was already red that was ready to win a cup. His Nick dog. You know what I mean? Like it's just for me, it's just it, it, it was gonna take a while, man. And it's extremely difficult to sustain success when you have turnover at coaching GM like Buffalo has had over the last 10 years. It's been unprecedented. It's like the Bills drought when we were firing and hiring head coaches left and right, you know, you know, until you finally find that, that, that recipe for success between both your coach and your GM, it's, it's extremely difficult to, to sustain success and to be successful. Now that you have that. And again, I, I, I'll be the first to sign the, uh, the, the, I'm sorry card on Kevin Adams. Cause I think, you know, we said it on the show before we expected him just to be a yes man to the Pagoulas, but he's really 
proved a lot of people wrong. Um, and me, me being one of them. Steve, who is the, the, the assistant GM Carmonos? What's his name? Uh, yeah, how about, like I think that's an under talked about thing like him coming in that takes a, not like work off of Kevin M's desk But when you have this fine oiled machine like you guys are talking about it's been a while since you know The Sabres have had that and you're looking at these deals and I think we're gonna be looking back Especially at the Samuelson deal and, and Tage's deal like I think these are gonna only look better and better as time goes on Yeah, and uh I think it kind of plays into everything that, you know, Kevin just reiterates over and over is that he wants people who want to be here. And clearly like the writings on the wall with these first two long-term signings, uh, you know, Tate and Sam, like, yes, we want to make sure that you're taken care of. We want to pay you to the level of your skill, but we also need to make sure that there's enough money. So that way everybody gets what they deserve. And more to the point, everyone can fucking stay here for the long haul. Like you see a Colorado deal with it right now, the people that you want to bet on. So if you want to make sure that a guy like Dylan cousins can get his due and Middlestack can get his next contract and Krebs and Quinn and Paterica gets another deal. There's gotta be enough money to go around. And I know the cap's going up, but I mean, we've still got, you know, 9 million of Jess Skinner grandfathered in for the next five years. Uh, thank God Alex Tuck is making four seven five for the next four years. That's, that's a, a steal. Bargain and a half. That's uh, a steal, that, dude. That's the guy who is always going to like, when his contract is up, he's going to take a hometown discount. You know <clears throat> Yeah, but like that's the bigger point here is that it's it's very clear and evident if you're paying attention, which obviously we're all homers, so we're paying closer attention than like dudes like Biz talking about. Oh, why are you even signing Samuelson? Who is this guy? He's played 50 fucking games. You want to give him 4 million or whatever Biz said, something like that, probably. I don't know. Just jealous. But, but yeah, no, it's just like. He didn't make that his entire career. No, like, Biz's point, Biz's point, Steve, was he, it was more like the league in general is handing out these deals to guys that have only played 57 games. And I think that he was wrong to bring up Samuelson because like Samuelson's not the type of guy that's going to get paid and then stop working. That guy is a fucking workhorse in nature. When you describe Samuelson's game, like the first word that comes to mind for me is a guy that shows up like lunch pal and hard hat and does his fucking job. He's I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Right. So right. I, I like it. And I just think that biz was wrong to bring it up. I think his argument was more the league in general, handing out these big deals, but I think that he was wrong on this one. I think that, I think that Kevin Adams and, and Carmanos and company, I think they, they hit it right. But you bring up a good point. When you have all these young guys, they're all going to come up at some point to get, to get paid. It's going to be hard and it's going to be kudos to Adams and Carmanos and them to be able to make those deals work. Right. It's going to be yeah. some tough decisions in a couple of years, but it's it's nice to be talking about these tough decisions instead of the opposite end of let's who are we tanking for right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And let's we, pick up Eric Stahl this off season. That'll be great. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. And, oh, and let's we, put Taylor Hall back. We mentioned, uh, you know, Jeff Skinner. Everyone knows. Everyone in Buffalo knows that it was a bad deal, right? You know. But I will yeah. say, if I'm looking for a positive spin on all of this, I do like that unlike Kruger, who developed whatever personal bias he had on Skinner and started burying him on the third line, <laughs> Granado's at least giving Skinner an opportunity to show he's not a bust, right? He's rocking on the first line. He's only got two points thus far, but
But again, this team has me ma- feeling more optimistic. I don't want to be a homer. I'm hoping that, you know, as, you know, Skinner's line mates start getting more attention, he might be a guy that, you know, he's not going to have the year he had when he signed that big deal. We know that. But I'm, I'm optimistic that given the new culture in there and the chance he's being given back on the first line, that he's going to rise to the occasion and, and show he might not be worth what we paid him, but at least that he's worth something. You know. Well, if you're going to pay a guy $9 million, you can't fucking have him playing on the fourth line, Ralph Kruger. Yeah, um, but on that I, note, know. guys, what about a guy like uh, Jack Quinn? Like, when is he going to get his turn? What do you guys think about what you've seen? I know he had a – what, he had uh Florida game that he played? Was it the first game? He's got yeah, – he's he played, back yeah, in the he lineup the tonight. Team. He's uh, yeah. on the second power play. And, Steve, do you know who he's paired with on uh, – what line he's up, is up with? Um, I mean – as of the practice, he's still on that fourth line with uh, Gergensons and Ocposo. I'd personally switch Henestrosa down there and give Quinn a little bit more ice time with, yeah. you know. Because but Vinny's know been Hennes- working hard, though, Steve. Yeah, no, Vinny's yeah, been no, fucking Vinny, playing Vinny's the right way. Working. Yeah, no, Vinny's been working hard, and that's why he's in the lineup, and Craig, Krebs is still sitting on the bench. You know, I, that's I why Krebs is a healthy scratch right now, you know. Me, because, though. I mean, Henny's Wait, what was that? assists. I don't know if Dwayne, what'd you say? I was being on the bench, but that's just me. But hey, I think it goes back to Granado, the way he runs things. Like, how are you going to punish a, How are you going to take a guy like Vinny Henestrosa out when he's playing that way? I'm not going to tell Don Granado what to do. He's obviously much better right. than anybody on this podcast. But but I think um, that like when you when you when you sit these young guys, when you make a guy like Quinn or or in this in this case, um, you know, Krebs or who who's who's out? Who did you just say was out, Krebs. Dwayne? Yeah, when when you when you give a guy like uh, an opportunity to, to to watch from up top, it'll make him fucking hungry to not want to come out of the lineup, right? I think it's that internal competition that that very few coaches do it well. John Cooper being one of them. I, I think that that Donnie does a really good job of that, and I think we're starting to see the effects of that, right? Like um, Akposo and and Gergensen, them being able to play such a a defined fourth line role and eat some minutes on the kill, but be effective. Like you, you need these guys to be plus players, and I don't want to get into the advanced analytics, but guys are fighting for ice time, and I think that's a good thing to have that healthy competition. I don't know your guys' thoughts. No, I mean, competition always brings out the best in players, right? And if it doesn't, then you probably shouldn't be playing at this level. Like, if you if you cave under when it comes to competition, um, yeah, as a goalie especially, like, you know, this isn't the job for you. Um, I, I, I'm all about competition. I just oh, I just like the way Peyton Krebs plays. Um, I do too, and I think he's going to be an everyday lineup guy. That's not the point I'm trying to make. I just well, I, I don't think it's it's awful. My my question for you guys is is I know it's a small sample size. Is Olafson going to start getting his goals, or, or like are those going to start to come, or like where 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 are you guys at with him? I mean, he uh, he got two the other night against uh, against Vancouver. I mean, I know his first two were empty netters. So do they, you know? That's that's kind of the way I was looking at it. Can he have yeah, that I mean, sustained yeah, yeah, presence? Yeah, no, his first two opening night were uh, empty netters, but then the uh, the other two against Vancouver, uh, the first one was five on five. I mean, it was from his office, you know, that off wing dead circle, just fucking ripped it past Demko, no chance. Um, and yeah, then he got a then he got a goal after it was all said after an empty netter by uh, Grigginson's, I think. You know, we went ahead and just scored another goal with Demko back in the net because at that point it's four one. This thing's toast. 
So I don't know how hard he was trying to stop that one, but like, yeah. But uh, still, I think it's so important for Victor to continue. This is a big game for him. And guys, I hate to say it, but on road trips, if you've had success early, if you don't get that last one and you come home with that, you know, feeling, oh yeah, we, but like, it's like leaving points on the board. You know what I mean? Tonight is so important. If we can finish this road trip off and go four for four, I'm telling you for a young team, that is going to go a long way because now the plane ride back and the next practice and this, this, this homestand that's coming up. Now you're feeling really good about your, where you're at in your game. So I think tonight is a huge fucking test for this young group led by Donnie. I think this is going to be a big one guys. Yeah, it's huge, huge game. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. looking to looking forward to seeing what Jack does on that second power play unit. Uh, obviously, I'm hoping Buffalo stays out of the box because you know they've gotten lucky because their kill has been so effective lately. Like I, I think it's the last game I heard it was tenth in the league, which you know isn't isn't anything to sneeze at. It's not the best, but it's far from the worst. Uh, but yeah, they got to stay out of the box because you know special teams can kill you against it. Doesn't matter who you're playing. You spend it's, and I think Donnie said it perfectly in that. I think it was the Florida game where we took like six fucking penalties. He was just like, it wasn't even so much about having to kill so many penalties. It's just we weren't able to find our rhythm in the game because we were just constantly on the kill. You know, we yeah. couldn't like get that groove to like start actually getting pucks into their zone and cycling and moving it the way we need to to actually get back in it. Like we fought, we tried. But, you know, we just spent so much time on the kill that we just couldn't find our game. And we just kind of had to constantly be playing catch-up. And eventually we just ran out of time. Yeah, I think uh, for me tonight, what I would like to see most of all is uh, a game where you don't need to rely on your goalie to bail you out as often as maybe they have. I want to see them control things from beginning to end and just win – on offense alone. I mean, I, I, I mean, that's worded wrongly, but just win um, because, you know, you know, I want to say give the goalie a night off, but, you know, not have to constantly rely on your goalie to make a timely save. Go out there and, you know, give your goalie an easy night. You know, he makes the saves he should make. Maybe a tough one here or there, but for the most part, you just control the pace of play from beginning to start to finish, and uh, you leave no doubt you know, at the end of the game, why you won is because you were just the better team. I think yeah. that's been the formula of success for this team, Dwayne, is, is if they can get going and set the tone with that five-on-five -five play. And like you alluded to, Steve, not make it a special teams affair, that's when we've seen this team have success, right? And that's the formula. So it'll be, Dwayne, it'll be interesting. If they can pull that off and, and bring that, I think that's probably the key to, the, to finishing off this road trip, four for four, right? Like that's huge yeah. for a, a team early in the year. Before I mean, obviously, before I know Donnie has to go, I'd like to try and get some predictions for tonight's game. Um, and then obviously surprises league round, you know, things that maybe have surprised us. I know, Donnie, maybe you pay pay, pay a little bit more attention, uh, not more attention, but you're a betting man. So you're probably always, 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 uh, you know, betting the overs, unders. I'm pretty ignorant when it comes to that stuff. But, uh, um, you know, biggest surprises uh, of the league so far and predictions for tonight. Oh, well, I, I guess I'll start off on uh, predictions for tonight. Um, I think I don't, don't want to be a homer, but I think the Sabers. This is their arguably their um, the least talented team they're playing on this road trip. Again, you might say Vancouver. I think Vancouver has the more talented roster. They just, you know, they they've been 
awful. They're getting they're almost getting booed by their own fans at this point, this early on. So I'm going with the Sabres. I like the over in this game at, at six and a half. Um, I think the Kraken can at least pop two in because they got, you know, they have some good, sharp guys on offense. But I think Sabres continue scoring. You know, they've been they've been putting up, they've scored 11 goals in their last two games. Granted, you know, three of those are empty netters. But uh, I'm, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say, I think it's a little close though. I'm going to say four, three Sabres, maybe five, three with an empty netter. Hey, Dwayne, real quick, before I head out of here, I like those, Donnie. Um, I think for the Sabres tonight, you got to find a way to keep um, Matty Beneers and, and Schwartz off the board. Uh, I think that team doesn't have a ton of talent up front. They're not too deep. But again, it's not it's not an easy game. You're on the road. You're trying to finish off a road swing. I got the Sabres 3-1 to one with an empty netter. I got another big game from the goaltending. And that's all for me, boys. Take it away. I'm off to the next practice. Go Sabres. Go Sabres. Yep, and uh, I'll uh, finish up too. I've, I'll ha- give out two surprises league-wise. Um, Dwayne, you're going to love one surprise team that seems to be struggling far more than they should. Maple Leafs. Yep. They <laughs> they dropped they dropped one you know to the Coyotes early, um, which if you saw last year, the Coyotes actually won the season series uh, against them. But I don't know what it is about the Coyotes having the Maple Leafs number, but they got it. You know, they're only sitting at four and three. They dropped another one last night to Calgary, um, you know, which Calgary is a good team. So that's, that's not a surprise, but you know, um, and then I'll say the the team that's kind of surprised me with the, the hot start is um, actually the Bruins. I, was, uh, I knew you were going to say the Bruins start. I, I, they're not a bad team, but they were missing Marshawn and some guys, and their goaltending has been very iffy. Uh, but they're sitting at five and one. So, you know, I think that they've surprised some people. That being said, and people know this later, uh, uh, I am fading them tonight I'm with the Dallas Stars who have their starting goalie coming back for them tonight. They got in there. Yep. Yeah. All right. Stevie, how about you? Uh, Well, I don't know. I guess I'm just not that big of a Martin Jones stand. So uh, I think if uh, Buffalo does what they're supposed to do, make clean breakouts, connect their passes, continue that fast-paced game, hard-nosed, you know, just dictate the play. I think that this is ultimately going to end 5-2 in favor of the Sabres. Those classic 5-2 scores that the Buffalo's always been on the wrong side of for a very long time. I think that's ultimately how this one's going to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be nice to see Will Borkin again. He's actually playing for the Kraken now. You know, he was he was, he was was acquired in, the, uh, in that uh, expansion draft, but he didn't really play a lot last year, which was kind of – didn't really make sense to me. Like, why pick him if you're just never going to use him? What's the point? Uh, but, yeah, it looks he's actually, like, an active part of their lineup. Uh, I think he's on one of the penalty killer units, so that's good. Uh, it will be cool to see uh, Matty Beneers and Shane Wright. Obviously, those are some incredibly talented young players. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, I, I, think Sabre, I think the Sabres ultimately have it in the bag. But, of course, they can't go in there thinking that way. they got to go in there and earn it, just like they do every night. Uh, surprises. Um, Dallas has definitely been a surprise given that Jake Ottinger has not been a part of the equation until now. Um, but also the Flyers not being unmitigated dog shit has been a huge surprise.
guys. Uh, four to start for the season is oh, yeah. not what not what anybody expected. They handed the other the Leafs their other loss. So the Leafs have lost to two interesting teams. Yeah, they've lost to three. They lost to the Flyers. They lost to the Coyotes. And actually, I have to correct you. Last night they lost to the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, not right. to the Flames. Yeah, right. Uh, which also fuck that game because. <laughs> Phil Kessel scored a goal in his Ironman tying record game, and then the replay called it back. Get rid of replays. It's over. We're we're evolving past the point for needing replay. If you call it a goal on the ice, you got it wrong. You get to apologize to the team and, like, give them $50,000 at the end of the night. Yeah, sorry about that, bud. We're over yeah. replays. But, no, I, no, I, I kid. Replays are very helpful. Uh, but, no, uh, you know, it's definitely fun to see the Leafs struggle. Never going to not love that. But, yeah, uh, the fact that the Flyers are not just, like, the fact that the Flyers are where the Islanders are in in the place that we want the Islanders to be, but the Islanders are in the bottom of the East, it's insane to me. Like, what is going on? I, I The wheels need to fall off that truck real quick because the last thing I want to see is the Phillies winning the World Series and then the Flyers still being, like, oh. Above 500 in the standings going into December. I will just yeah. while while the Eagles are also yeah undefeated. Yeah. No, it's like all, they can't all win. Yeah, I actually saw I actually saw an incredible like Reddit post that like every time a Philadelphia baseball team has won the World Series, there has been like a financial disaster. Mm-hmm. Back when the Athletics won the World Series, 1929, the yeah. Phillies win in 1980. The Phillies win again in 2008. And now in 2022, on the brink of recession, they are in the World Series again. This cannot stand. I know. I'm already broke. You can't make me lose more money. Somebody, somebody's doing some voodoo somewhere. What is going on? I find it out. The Islanders, I think Kat said it best. Maybe Barry Trotz was onto something when he was the coach of this team playing that lockdown defensive style. Maybe he just knew that. My team isn't gifted enough offensively, and this is the way we have to play in order to be to, to be good. Um, I you know I tend to agree. I I, I think I, I'm still surprised that guy. Uh, maybe maybe he obviously I'm assuming he has had offers, but um, you know I can't believe that with some of the teams that are struggling earlier on that nobody's thrown a Brinks truck at him yet to try and get him up behind their bench. I know it's still early in the season. But we've seen we've seen crazier things. Early, I remember when Barry Melrose. Uh, was hired by the by the Tampa Bay Light, and he was fired after ten games. <laughs> I remember that one. But uh, oh, man. with that being said, uh, to wrap things up here, uh, for me, I'm I'm going to take the over as well, Donnie. Um, I don't really have much faith in Martin Jones. I'm going to go a six three Buffalo win. I think Tage Thompson starts to heat things up here for Buffalo, and I think Do- I'm not going to say Darlene's going to score, but I think Darlene's going to have a phenomenal game. Um, there he's probably have to log a little bit more ice time than than normally expected of him. Not that he hasn't logged a lot of ice team ice time per game already as it is, but you know without w- without Samuelson there on the opposite side, I think there's gonna be a lot more uh, asked of him tonight. Um, and uh, I think Alex Tuck just continues his ways. And I but in terms of you know guys, I, I expect to start to heat up a little bit tonight. I'm gonna say Jeff Skinner and uh, and Tage Thompson. So six three win for Buffalo tonight, in my opinion. So, and biggest surprises, um, I, you know, not surprised at all. I, I can't wait to see Toronto fans really just start to lose it. You know, they, 
if the, if this trend keeps to continue, which we know it will, um, with that payroll of theirs and just everything that comes out of Toronto, just about Tavares, Marner, Matthews going to Arizona. Everyone's always out of here as soon as that contract is done with. Um, I, I, I just love every second of it. Um, you know, the Matt Mur- Matt Murray's not the answer. Um, uh, Samsonov is not the answer and not for them. I, uh, I just love every second of it. I can't wait till they start throwing jerseys on the ice. So that's really no surprise to me. Uh, the Bruins were a bit of a surprise. I thought with the injuries and the lack of goaltending that they wouldn't be sitting here five and one early in the season, but I mean, boss, the Bruins aren't dead. Um, so, you know, they've gotten good coaching. They've gotten great play from, uh, from Taylor Hall and uh, I believe uh, Bergeron, um, but outside, but, you know, I, I don't see them being able to sustain that um, for me. And one of the things I am surprised about, you know, not for a team, but player, and to, to go back to the Kraken is Shane Wright. I thought with playing that chip on his shoulder, you know, being, you know, they expected first overall pick, you know, I think he dropped down to what, five? Four. He dropped four as a four um that he you know he maybe come a little bit more out of a cannon here to start the season only one point in his first five games uh plus two but i thought maybe you know hopefully he doesn't get going tonight against buffalo but i thought for sure that you know he would be a little bit more impressive here to start the season i know it's a struggling seattle team uh but um i'm a little surprised by this by his play early on uh not has not been impressive so yeah Donnie, thanks for hopping on with us, bud, making your debut. Uh, some audio difficulties on your end and actually my end before you hopped on as well. So uh, thanks for hopping on with us, Steve. As always, if you guys want to, between the first and the second period tonight, we will be airing the next installment of Where the Buffalo Roam, little Sabres after dark, Sabres, but Where the Buffalo Roam after dark tonight. Um, and this will be obviously airing before face-off tonight as well. So uh with that being said this has been episode 109 of two goalies one night brought to you by outlet liquor the place to buy a case over on georgia Run boulevard make sure for your game day and game night savers after dark needs you go to outlet liquor and buy yourself some adult beverages uh for donnie for steve and for johnny collin i am Dwayne steinell we will talk to you later and go savers go savers later Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies on Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, Hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. 
Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.